Hey coconuts, today in TFC Stock Geeker, we're going to explore yet another payment company. I mean, by now we can change our names. Huh? We have explored Shopify, PayPal, Square, Afterpay, Visa, what have you, right? So I cannot promise you this will be the last payment company we're going to talk about. But I must say, I'm quite an avid user of this company today. They only really do one thing, and that is international cross-currency transfer. Right, so like Sing Dollar to USD or Sing Dollar to Euro, Sing Dollar to Baht or Baht to Euro, what have you, right? So they only really do that. And this traditionally is a very expensive service. The banks on average charge the retail customers and the small, medium business owners about 6% of the whole transaction. So if you're trying to transfer $1,000, that's $60 gone, just through the banking system. But this company is pushing that take rate down to 0.7% or even lower, right? So in other words, it's very, very cheap. So cheap that I don't think there's any other way around this. I use it, TFC uses it. So I'm very happy that our guest today has decided to geek out with me on this company. So joining me today to geek out on this transfer company, aka TransferWise, now known as Vice, is searching from the good investor and compounderfund.com. He said that he wanted to talk to me about this company because he know that I'm traveling. But Wise is yet another fintech company giving the big banks a real run for their buck. Okay, I've been using them for a while. The adoption features are very easy to move. But I think what is interesting is their goal as a company is to make it zero dollar, you know, make transaction fee free, right? No, tra no cross-currency transfer fees. So how, how, how are they then going to make money, right? So, so that is, I think, the interesting part of the discussion today. And of course, how do they do that from point A to point B, charging such a low rate as compared to their traditional competitors, right? But they are also a payment company, so we cannot discount the fact that there is a seismic shift with digital currencies moving around. And I'm not saying like your Bitcoin ether, but I'm saying things like central bank-backed currencies like the digital yuan. So how can this company continue to grow and stay relevant? That's all for discussion today. For your reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 25th of November 2021. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Join our community telegram group for more discussions. Let's geek out. Yes, okay. So everyone, we're back in the house again today with Searching. And I think, you know, here we're talking about this company partially because I'm traveling, I, I believe. There's some inspiration there, right? So Searching, what are we, what are we going to discuss today? Uh, you're absolutely right that your traveling was an inspiration in, in terms of me picking the company to talk about uh, in today's session. So we'll be talking about WISE, mm. uh, which, is, which is a company based and listed in the UK. It was formerly known as TransferWISE, uh, but it changed its name over the past few months to be called WISE. So W-I-S-E. Yes. Avid user here, I just want to, before we roll, I, I want to say this is not a recommendation. No, I'm not endorsing the company, but we are avid user. From a company level, we use it because we have people from all different countries and we pay them in different currencies. From a personal level, I use it because I'm traveling and it's just so much easier. I mean, there are some competitors and we can talk about them as we go along. But uh, before we begin, uh, certainly maybe you can kind of walk us through what is their business? What do they do? Yep, sure. So I, I think it will be very interesting to talk about WISE from like how it was first founded, right? So I think we can start with that. Um, so 
WISE was founded about 10 years ago in 2011 by two Estonian friends, uh, Christo Karman and Tabit Hinrikas. So the both of them were living in London um, and Hinrikas was working for Skype's Estonian office and was paid in Estonian crews. Uh, but because he was living in London, he kind of needed British pounds, you know, to, to live his life. And at the same time, Carmen was working in Deloitte in the UK and was paid in pounds. But he had a mortgage to service in Estonia, <laughs> so he needed Estonian croons. Right, so for a while, I think the both of them used uh, typical bank um, services for international money transfers, but they realized that it was really painful uh, and slow. So the two friends, what they did was they, they came together and they decided, hey, how about this, you know, for at a particular day each month, we check uh, the mid-market rate for the Estonian kroon and the British pound, and we'll use that as a fair exchange rate. Uh, so Carmen would deposit pounds into Hinrika's UK bank account, while Hinrika's would then deposit kroons into Carmen's Estonian account. So in this way, both of them avoided um, bank, expensive bank charges and uh, you know, managed to get the currencies that they require. Um, yeah, and, and so today, uh, the core product of WISE, which is called WISE Transfer, an international money transfer product, still works very much um, the same way. So what WISE does is when there's a sender who wants to send money to a recipient, uh, you know, it would go to WISE, uh, the app or the website, you know, key in all the instructions. Uh, WISE would do the necessary, uh, what they call KYC checks or know your customer checks, you know, to, to make sure that there's no money laundering, mm -hmm. or terrorism financing or no fraud involved and so on. So for example, you know, like today, Reggie, you are in Singapore and you want to transfer money to say uh, Georgia, which is where you are right now, right? Mm. I'm not sure if Y is in Georgia, but let's assume that it is. It is. Um, it is. It okay. Is. Uh, so that's yeah. uh, that's the All thing. Right. The competitors are not in. So Y is the only one that can send Larry. Uh? So, so we'll beautiful, talk about beautiful. this. We'll talk about this. Yeah. So so let's assume that you know today, Reggie, you are in Singapore and you want to transfer money to Georgia. Uh, you would pay. You would put money into Y's bank account in Singapore. Yes. And WISE uh, would then transfer money to the recipient in Georgia from WISE's own bank account in Georgia. So as much as possible when handling international money transfers, WISE does not allow money to cross borders. And in doing so, it's able to dramatically reduce the time as well as the fees that are involved with uh, international money transfers. And this is, I think, a very important reason why it's such an attractive service for users. And, you know, like you said, you, you, you seem to love WISE and, and that's great to know. Big fan, yes. Yeah, so yes. <laughs> that would be the main so-called product for WISE. I think, I think we, we need to clarify this. That it, it sounds like a simple thing, but uh, in, in fact, it's quite a simple thing. You know, from, from an mm -hmm. idea standpoint, it's a simple idea. Oh, instead of crossing the bridge, right? Why not, you know, you just take this, I, I take the other one, and then we just carry on with our lives, right? So instead of yep. using the traditional bank service, which is what I used to use, and it's so expensive, the yep. bank shaves off 5% just to do TT, yep. international transfer. All right, so it's crazy. Yeah, according to the World Bank's data, I think in 2020, the average fee for international money transfers was, I think, more than 6%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I guess for perspective, uh, the average um, customer fee that WISE charges for international money transfers would be about 06 to 0.7%, an order of magnitude lower than what um, banks would typically charge. Yeah, it's, it's very cheap and the exchange rate is very competitive. But a quick tip for all of you listening, you want to use it on a weekday. <laughs> weekday, uh, exchange rates are, are, you know, the spread is smaller. I don't know why, but on weekday, spreads are smaller. You transfer on weekend, uh, the spreads are bigger. So you're charged more effectively. Yep. So I, I think maybe um, at this point, it might be interesting to talk about how WISE earns money. Yes. Right. 
as I mentioned, the core product for WISE would be an international money transfer service. Um, and how the company charges would be to charge an upfront fee that consists of a, both a fixed fee and a variable fee. So the fixed fee and variable fee actually depends on a number of factors, such as the currency route, uh, the amount of money to be transferred, the type of transaction, as well as the payment method used. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, the average fee that WISE charges for this inter international money transfers will be about 0.6 to 0.7%. So that, so for example, let's say you are transferring a thousand Singapore dollars into, uh, what, sorry, what's George's currency again? Lari, which is what I just did two days ago. <laughs> Lari, got it, yes, yeah. yes. So, so if you were to transfer Singapore dollars to Lari, say a thousand Singapore dollars, you, you'll be paying something like, um, I think it's uh, $7, yeah which would be a 0.7% cut. Yes, from a personal experience, right? when I transfer money through WISE, I, I first transfer money to my Singapore account, right? So when I transfer my Sing dollar into my WISE account, uh, there's no charges at all because it's a bank transfer, so it's a $0 kind of situation. And then after that, when I do that exchange, then that is where the spread comes in, right? So there's a base fee yep. and then there's a conversion rate on top of the base fee, you know, but it's negligible, I mean, it's it's relative, relative, huh? So, uh, <laughs> if your numbers are huge, that is a different story. But relative yep, yep. to where the the banks used to charge me for this kind of transfer, yep. it is it is negligible. Yes. Yep. So I, I think you mentioned Wise account, uh, which I think is also a good segue into the other services that Wise uh, provides. So you know, the core again is the international money transfer product, which is called Wise Transfer. Mm. Now the company has three more products. So there will be Wise account which is catered for individuals, it's free, there's no subscription fee, and it kind of allows individuals to manage their money around the world as though they hold local bank accounts. Yes. Right. In, in fact, it's nearly like a bank account uh, that you can hold and you can you know, deposit many types of currencies inside. You can receive money in many different currencies. You can hold many different currencies and you can convert uh, money between different currencies within your WISE account um, at the mid market rate. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's also a WISE debit card that's attached to the WISE account thank you, that can thank be you. used. Shout I think. out to the debit card here. Oh, yes. oh, green colour yeah. debit card. Very, very, very jarring. <laughs> when you bring it everywhere, people can tell you're, you're a foreigner. So yep. it's interesting, yes. One thing that I've realised about these fintech companies is that they often love to create products that stand out visually. Yes, yes. Like I was looking at Nubank recently um, and I realised that the company's credit card, which is I think the first product that Nubank kind of introduced to the world, uh, is purple in colour. So uh, very eye-catching as well, mm. which is what uh, we are seeing here with white with that true. green color. Even, even Revolut yeah. has a very, very catchy color. Some of them even charge a premium for color. But anyway, anyway, there's a story for another <laughs> day. Yes. Now, so back to WISE. Uh, so I talked about WISE account. I talked about WISE transfer. And then the other product uh, would be WISE business. So it's essentially the WISE account product, but catered for SMBs, small, medium businesses. Yes. There are additional features there, such as invoicing, mm. multi-user accounts, you know, you can schedule recurring payments. You can work with APIs or application programming interfaces uh, to kind of automate your payment workflows, right? So that's WISE Business. And then there's also WISE Platform, which is WISE opening up its entire uh, money transfer product uh, or the, the backend infrastructure of that money transfer product and provide it to financial institutions and other types of enterprises, such as companies that are building software for banks or for fintechs. Yeah, so these service providers or these organizations can take WISE's um, money transfer infrastructure, integrate it into their own uh, service and product, um, and offer it to their own customers. And these integrations are interestingly actually free for users of the WISE platform product. Oh. And how WISE earns from there would be actually from the, the fees that it charges for international money transfers. 
Really? So I think that's uh, the kind of overview of the business that Twice is in. Interesting. Even as a platform, they don't charge. Because I mean, there are a lot of other development platforms these days, right? Square, Shopify, everybody yep. has a development platform. You know, it's, it's, it's the thing, right? Because it's faster to develop. You open it up, more people come in and then, you know, they, they have multiple vested interests they will build, right? But even that, they don't charge, right? Are you concerned about the business model that way? You know, they, they only have one source of income in that sense. Uh, so actually, it's not entirely true that they only have one source of income. They actually have other sources of uh, revenue. So I think one important number to note with WISE would be this thing called the total take rate. So the total take rate would be WISE's revenue as a percentage of the total uh, money transfer volume that it has uh, processed. Now, uh, this total take rate includes the fee that WISE charges for international money transfers and also the fees that WISE charges for other services like domestic same currency transactions fees that are charged when consumers or businesses use the WISE debit card, um, as well as other fees that are related to the usage of WISE account and WISE business. So currently it's still tiny. So for example, in the fiscal year ended 31st March 2021, right? so that would be uh, fiscal 2021, the overall take rate that WISE had was 0.77%, and the cross-currency take rate, which is what WISE charges for international money transfers, was about 0.7%. And so the additional 0.07% uh, would be the other fees that WISE charges, the, the, type, the other fees that I just mentioned earlier. Yeah, they yeah. charge so people for ATM yeah. withdrawal, just saying. Uh, yeah, that, so, so that's, a, that's a fee that WISE earns <laughs> yes. uh, when the debit card is used. Yeah, so that's another example of like the revenue streams uh, that WISE has. Today, it's still small, but it's actually fast growing. Just uh, two or three years ago, the other fees accounted for only about 0.02% of WISE's total take rate. Today, it's at 0.07%. So it's still small but growing fast. Nice, interesting. And Wise is a huge company. I mean, they're like everywhere. I mean, they have to they do eighty over currencies. Um, I think they are the biggest in in terms of offering. You know, compared to their competitors, right? So mm-hmm. um, competitors they do major currencies, but Wise, you know, they do interesting currencies, even like a yep. Georgian Nari. So you know, what is the kind of geographical situation that they are in? Like, how big are they? You know, globally, and where yep. where is most of their transactions coming from? Okay, so I think if you look at like the geographical spread of WISE's revenue, it can give you a good sense of uh, you know, their geographical reach. The WISE debit card, I think, gives a good view of like, the types of countries that WISE is exposed to. So the debit card can be used in 176 different countries. Usage of WISE, uh, in terms of uh, WISE transfer, you know, it can actually be used to send money to more than 80 countries. Right? And this covers about 85% of the world's uh, total bank accounts. So, uh, you know, 176 countries for WISE debit card, 80 countries for WISE transfer. So that, I think, gives a sense of like the very wide geographical scope that WISE has. But in terms of its revenue exposure, it's still very much uh, heavily skewed towards the European continent. So in fiscal 2021, Europe and the UK collectively accounted for about 54 to 55% of its total revenue. And then the rest will be kind of evenly spread uh, between the Asia Pacific, North America and other parts of the world. Yeah, so it's very much an international business, but currently with a heavy skew towards uh, Europe. Interesting. So are you concerned that they're not like huge in China or like <laughs> the situation of China controlling its currency flow, right? Uh, will these impede and WISE's continued growth because okay although let, let's be real uh, although they are not making that much because their take rate is low they're already processing quite a lot of money about 58 billion about 50 over billion pound already 
right? Mm-hmm. So, so w- where are we looking, you know, for for this company, you know, in terms of their yep. future growth? Yep. So, I, um, even though the numbers may seem huge uh, in isolation, I think when you really look at the entire picture, I think uh, the conclusion will be that Wise is still a tiny drop in the ocean. So, for perspective, um, in the twelve months ended September twenty twenty one. Uh, Wise processed total payment volume of about 65 billion pounds. And if you look at 2020, the total global cross-border payments market was uh, 18 trillion pounds. So, you know, today Wise is at 65 billion and the total global market would be 18 trillion pounds. Now, um, these 18 trillion pounds can be split up into three uh, major segments. So the first would be for large enterprises, that would be about half or 9 trillion pounds. And then you have about 7 trillion from SMBs or small medium enterprises. Um, and then you have another 2 trillion pounds from consumers, right? So uh, just to give kind of like an overview of like what these cross-border payments would be like. So when you look at, say, uh, enterprises and SMBs, there would be business to consumer as well as business to business uh, use cases. So for example, when companies need to pay salaries, when companies need to pay contractors and suppliers and service providers. We right? do that. We do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think you get a good idea, right? You know, your, your financial coconut is a Singapore company, but you may have service providers that are in, I don't know, Malaysia or something yeah, else. Malaysia, Philippines, right? and then, different places. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yep. And then for the consumers, there are uh, consumer to consumer as well as consumer to businesses uh, use cases. So consumer to consumer will be like personal remittances, right? If you send money to say your family that's living in other countries or you need to service a mortgage, like what one of uh, Wise's co-founders was doing, <laughs> right? And then uh, the consumer to business use case would be like to pay for real estate investments. Like you buy uh, real estate overseas or you know if you need to make e-commerce payments, like if you buy from an e-commerce provider that's based in, in, in another country. Yeah, so these are the types of use cases uh, that together make up about 9 trillion pounds in the global cross-border payments market in 2020. Uh, so Wise is actually targeting the SMB and the consumer segment of the uh, cross-border payments market. So it's actually not looking at serving enterprises because there's also a very interesting kind of dynamic there. So, you know, if, if you look at in terms of the volume speed, it's about 50-50, right, between the large enterprises and the SMBs and consumers. But in terms of the revenue that's generated from these cross-border payments, um, it's actually 5 to 95, meaning that only about 5% of the revenue is generated from large enterprises moving money internationally. 95% of the revenue is generated from SMBs and consumers that are moving money internationally. And the reason is because uh, large enterprises, because of the volume that they generate per, so per power. account, right? Uh, yeah, they have negotiation power and they are charged a much lower rate. Yeah, and, and so Wise sees kind of like an opening for itself when trying to win market share. So it's targeting the SMB and the consumer crowd. So, you know, we are looking at about a 9 trillion pounds market versus a, a, a current volume of about 65 billion pounds. Yeah, so I think from that perspective, uh, at least at least it's clear to me from my perspective that there's still tremendous room for growth. Fair, fair. And and I, I must say, oh, I, I sound like I'm preaching for them, but onboarding is very easy. <laughs> you know, setting out a car is very easy. Everything is very easy, right? So so I think that's the trend for a lot of software companies today, right? The mark of a good software company is ease of onboarding, right? Where you, yep. where you don't need to spend a lot of money to acquire the customer and kind of teach them how to use your software. Everything is just yep. very intuitive, right? So I think that yep. that's a mark of a very good software company today. Oh, I mean, they are a payment transfer company, but yeah, you know, software payment. Ayah, every everybody has software these days, so it's yep. it's a question mark, right? So, yeah, cool, cool. I'm I'm glad that uh, it looks like a very interesting company. But what what about the kind of 
you know, because they are in a situation where they're transferring money in and out, right? So they, they must yep. be holding a lot of cash, holding a lot of flow. Like what, what is the kind of what is the kind of balance sheet structure that they have? Right. So um, when looking at the balance sheet of WISE, it's interesting to note that um, on the balance sheet, you can see a line that says, you know, customer, I think it says something like uh, customer cash mm-hmm. uh, or something along those lines. So that is actually the cash that the customer has deposited into WISE. Mm. Uh, but I don't think you can actually look at that as like the... the it's not uh, their money. They are like a yeah, pseudo it's not bank. Their money. It's like a pseudo yeah, bank. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So with WISE, it's important to look at what's called corporate cash. And that's something that the company reports. Based on the latest figures that are available, which would be as of March 2021, uh, WISE had about 290 million pounds in cash, corporate cash, and had total debt of about 100 million pounds. I see that as uh, kind of like a strong balance sheet. You know, you have nearly three times as much cash as debt. So I think that is a kind of a good position to be in for WISE. Yes, yes. But um, are they spending a lot for, for growth and acquisition? Because, I mean, in their business, there's the whole network effect, kind of flywheel kind of situation. What is the kind of uh, marketing situation with them? WISE is definitely investing money into building all its infrastructure. So in fact, the company has an aim to build the best infrastructure for money, international money transfers there is in the world. Yeah, so it wants to become like the best in terms of being able to move money around internationally. So it's spending significant resources to kind of build out uh, all that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the company is still generating, I think, healthy cash flows. So uh, in fiscal 2021, uh, operating cash flow was about 136 million pounds. And free cash flow was about 113 million pounds. Yeah, so you know, it's spending about 20 odd million in capital expenditures. Mm. Yep, so uh, it is spending money to beef up its infrastructure, but at the same time, still generating very healthy cash flows. And it's also a profitable company. I think its profit in fiscal 2021 was about 31 million pounds. Mm. I mean, their free cash flow can really pay down debt. So I think that's a very good financial situation. You know, but uh, to uh, me at least, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Perspective, uh, different people see it differently. Uh, yep, but yep. when you talk about building infrastructure, right, can you help our yep. listeners understand like what does it mean to build the best product, best infrastructure? Because, you know, like... Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so I think uh, this is... Uh, WISE has a pretty interesting graphic that is in its IPO prospectus. Maybe I can describe kind of their graphic. So when we look at a traditional uh, money transfer conducted by a bank, okay, let's assume that, you know, today I'm in, I'm in Singapore, Right, and I would like to send money to uh, Thailand. Right, so I have my bank, right, um, and then my bank needs to work with a correspondent based in Thailand, right, and then this correspondent needs to talk to the recipient's bank in Thailand, right. So there are intermediaries involved in this entire process. Sometimes it can be up to like four or five different intermediaries for, for what seems to be a simple uh, money transfer from my bank account to someone else's bank account, say in Thailand. Right. And, and what, but what WISE has done, right? Like, you know, the, the way I described core international money transfer product, it really tries to take out all of these intermediaries. And so what happens is I'm in Singapore. I deposit money into WISE's bank account or I deposit money into my WISE account in Singapore. Right. And then WISE talks to its bank in Thailand. And then, uh, you know, they, they do some treasury management in Singapore and Thailand. And then from its bank account in Thailand, it sends out the money to the recipient. So in the middle, it's, you know, you just remove all of these uh, intermediaries. And as much as possible, WISE also goes to uh, every country that it's in as much as possible. It would try to work with the central bank in that country and integrate itself into the entire money flow system into that country. So as to speed up time taken for transfers and as well as to lower the cost needed for transfers. Nice, yeah. I mean, WISE is riding on the movement of uh, clearing the clearing houses, uh, 
Right, so yeah, we, uh, that's, a, that's a very nice way. <laughs> because all these intermediaries are really just clearing houses, trying to you know yep, make yep. sure there's integrity in the system, you know. But Wise yep. and many other kind of um, fintech, right? A lot of fintech companies are are really trying to clear the clearing house. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's it's very very interesting. I think as a company, um, they are definitely in a in a in an interesting position, especially when more and more people are moving around, and I see more and more people going global and or at least regional, yep. right? So. So that will be an interesting future, right? But what, what about the management? I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about the company. Uh, who, who is leading the company and, and what do they do and, and all that? I mentioned the co-founders of WISE. Uh, so that would be Christo Karman and Tavit Hinrikas. So Karman is today uh, the CEO and Hinrikas is the executive chairman, even though he will be stepping down from his role uh, very soon or might, have, might even have already stepped down. And he will be replaced by longtime Netflix CFO David Wells, uh, rather ex-Netflix CFO David Wells. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Karman, I think, is like the most important leader in WISE. And another important leader would be the current CFO of WISE, who is Matthew Bryars. Am I pronouncing the name correctly? It's okay. Yeah, so I'm more butcher our names, yeah. we can butcher our more names. <laughs> it's okay, guys. Continue. <laughs> yeah, so um, one thing that I like about both Carmen and Bryars is that uh, both of them are young. Carmen is only 40, Bryars is 44. Um, and they have you know, many years of experience leading the company. Carmen, as the co-founder, has been with the company for at least 10 years. And Bryas joined WISE in 2015 as CFO. So, you know, a multi-year tenure leading the company, I always like to see that, and especially when they are young. One area I'd like to study with management will also be the compensation as well as the insider ownership. So I think uh, WISE also scores well on that front. There is very little information on the compensation structure for WISE, but at least we know, uh, at least I know what is the total amount that the company's management team is being paid. So like the overall compensation, so if you look at fiscal 2021, the overall compensation was about 2.2 million uh, pounds. And then we compare that to, you know, its revenue of 421 million pounds, free cash flow of 113 million pounds. You know, that total compensation seems small and it's not like uh, egregiously high, right? So I think in terms of compensation, that's fair. And then when we look at the ownership of WISE, uh, I, I think that looks great. Karman himself owns about 186 million WISE shares. So today, each wise share is, I think, about slightly over 7 and 50 pounds, right? 7.5 pounds, yeah. I'm not sure how to, how to say that properly, about 7.5 pounds. The British yeah, so, people, they um, pound, uh, quarters, or not, anyway, <laughs> continue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, yeah. yeah. So I think with about 186 million wise shares, you know, you, you, you multiply that with the share price and you get something along, somewhere along the lines of about a, uh, slightly over a, a billion. Mm. So it's a significant ownership stake and... Arman himself, uh, besides you know owning more than a billion pounds in Y shares, um, he's also the single largest controller of the super voting class B shares, mm. right? So this gives him uh, more than forty percent of the total votes that Wise has. So this is a company that very much I would say controlled by Carman. Okay, I I want to I want to dig your brain a little bit on this kind of class B shares. Right? So it's a it's a movement since Google, right? So <laughs> uh, Larry Larry Page and Sergey Bray, they came out with the this whole class B thing, and or at least that's what I what I remember, and now it's like a trend, right? So everybody, you know, a lot of all these big you know new new young startups that are like riding very fast, they all have some sort of share structure where, you know, the founder or the or the founding management team have like essentially the whole control of the company, regardless of how much shares you own or the other shareholders own. So, so what is your thoughts on this? How should we look at this thing? There are no hard and fast rules mm-hmm. for me when I look at that. So what is more important for me would be the 
know, just trying to understand the, the character of the leader with those super voting shares. So my take is that ultimately, it's very hard to enter into a good deal with a bad person, and it's very difficult to enter into a bad deal with a good person. Right, so I, I think if the person's character or the person's uh, head and heart is in the right place, then it's very difficult for him to do something bad, even if uh, the structure is built in a way where he could do something bad. Mm. Right. So I think it's more important to study, the, for me at least, to, to look at uh, who is running the show. A few things that I tend to look at uh, in trying to determine the integrity of the, of the company. You know, I, look, I look at dilution, whether or not the company has been diluting shareholders in the past. I look at related party transactions, you know, whether or not the company has been entering into weird transactions with uh, entities that are controlled by the controlling shareholder. Mm -hmm. um, and I also look at how the management team is compensated. If there's a case of very high compensation based upon matrix that don't make sense or don't make much sense, then I think that's a yellow flag, especially if the management team has super voting shares. Mm. Yeah. So example of like, a, a, say, I love how um, you have a yellow flag, by the way. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, flags, it's not just yeah. red flag. Oh, I got a yellow flag somewhere in between. I don't know what, yeah, yeah, yeah. how to see this, but yeah, I will flag it. Yeah. I'll continue. Yeah, so for example, if like a management team is compensated based upon solely the market cap of a company, mm. that might be something that I would frown upon. Yeah, because it's easy to increase the market cap of a company, mm. right? I mean, like you can issue a lot of shares, yes. uh, the market cap can increase, but the share price may fall yes right yes because of dilution so so i don't think that's a that's a good thing at all or you know if uh the management team is compensated only on say revenue growth and again that's easy to achieve right if you say oh my business is selling coins now one dollar coins but i'm selling for 50 cents immediately your revenue will skyrocket right but um does that even make any business sense no it doesn't yeah. right so i look at how the management team is compensated to give me an idea of like the character of the management team that's in place yeah, so I don't have strong views as to whether or not super voting shares should exist. Uh, to me, it's more important to look at the character of the people that are running the show. Fair, fair. I hear you. Especially the financial engineering part. I'm, I'm, I don't really yep. like it when, you know, yeah, it's it's all about financial engineering. And then like, what happened to the business? Like, what's, what's the call, right? So, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I kind of ran through, like, I think, the, the integrity portion, the, the compensation portion of WISE and as well as the ownership. I think the most interesting aspect of WISE would be the company's um, mission, right? So the, the company's mission is to quote, um, it's to build money without borders, instant, convenient, transparent, and eventually free, end quote. So the eventually free portion, I think, is super interesting. So what it means is that WISE is building towards a future where its core money transfer product will be free for users, mm. right? And to me, that is a sign of an extremely consumer-centric uh, company. So it's thinking about how it can always add value to consumers. So I think that's beautiful. Um, but at the same time, it's also kind of a risk because, you know, what happens if at the end of the day, your core business becomes free and how are you going to earn money, right? So that's why I think it's important that WISE is able to grow uh, other revenue streams. So earlier, you know, we talked about in terms of the total take rate, how it's broken down into the cross currency take rate as well as the other services take rate. So the other services take rate needs to, I think, increase over time to make up for that long-term kind of uh, decline in the fees that WISE wants to charge customers for international money transfers. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's also important to note that, you know, this eventually free part of the of WISE mission it's not just lip service. Oh, no, over time, the prices that WISE charges uh, customers have actually declined quite a bit. Yep. So just to give you as an example, 
So like, you know, six years ago, if we were to use WISE to make an international transfer, say transferring thousand pounds to euros, it would have cost somebody about five pounds to do it. So it's a 0.5% tick rate, right, or fee. Now today, the cost is actually 25% lower at uh, 3.69 pounds, right? So, you know, this is a clear example of how the company has slowly decreased the prices that consumers have to pay for international money transfer. So this is something that the company is definitely working towards, yeah. you know, trying to reduce the fees that the consumers pay wise for providing this international money transfer service. Yep. So, uh, but it's a, it's a multi-year journey. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting because, um, you know, by having it as your company's mission, it kind of becomes a North Star for every employee in WISE to think about, okay, how can I constantly make our service better for consumers in terms of, you know, lowering the prices? Uh, and, and other important parts of the mission, you know, there's that instant, there's that convenient and that transparent portion. That's also important because it, um, it just keeps people or the employees in WISE focused on making sure that they always deliver a good service to users. And it, this is, again, you know, all these different things that are in WISE's mission, they are not just things that the management is saying to make themselves look good. They are actually things that um, have happened. For example, if you look at the instant, the word instant, there's actually been significant improvement in like how long it takes for WISE to process transfers. For example, like in fiscal 2018, right, maybe about 10 to 12% of total money transfers arrived instantly. You know, today they are about 40%. So big increase, right? Nearly a 4x yes. growth in the amount of transfers that arrive instantly. And if you look at the amount of transfers that arrive within uh, an hour, right? They have increased from less than 20% in fiscal 2018 to more than 60% today. So again, a very big increase in like the speed at which people can get their money transfers. And I think for people who have done international money transfers, transfers before with banks, I think the typical experience is that it takes days. Three days, right? four days. Yeah. Sometimes Something I transfer like that, on yeah. Friday, oh, sell now, law. Uh -huh. must wait until the next week, then yeah. we get Cause the money. Because it's, it's three or five business days, right? Exactly. It's not, of, it's not just three or five days. Yeah, yeah. so never transfer on a Friday, right? And, and then, uh, that was yeah. the past, but now with, with the yeah. platform and you know, what, what yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah. So correct. Yeah. Why is my sponsor us, la, yo? Yeah. A... So I think, yeah, the management team has done a, a fantastic job in, you know, pushing the company towards really meeting stated mission. And that eventually free portion of the mission is something that I find to be fascinating because on the surface, it might seem like, you know, uh, it's crazy, you know, to kind of uh, make your core service free. Mm. And so, you know, then the question will be, where would the rest of our revenue come from, right? But I think uh, counterintuitively, I think this, you know, really focuses the attention of the entire team at WISE to think about how can we make our service better, you know, all the time. Think about how can we make our service better for customers. Yeah, and, and I really like that. Very interesting. And I, I think, you know, they they are really riding on this wave, you know, as more people kind of move around and all that also. So so that's all the the kind of uptake for the business. But let, let's be yep. let's be real that, you know, they are not the only one out there in the market. They are not the yep. only provider. Yeah, and and many other people are, are also can also can do instantaneous, also can do very, very low fee transaction today, right? So so they are not the only guys out there. So uh, yep. how how would you see them, you know, as as compared to, to their Competitors. So I think, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of competitors besides like the established uh, fintech players, right? There's also up and coming ones, you know, like Revolut, you mentioned Revolut, earlier. Revolut, yes. Right? There's also like Instagram, uh, many others, like the space is just intensely competitive. Yeah, yeah. Singapore is U trip, I think. Uh, yeah, so there are, there are a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, yes. correct. But I think if you actually plot out like the fees that WISE charges consumers, what happens often is that you realize that WISE has one of the most competitive rates. Yes. Right. So the, the, comp the, yeah, the company isn't, I think the company isn't blind. It's like, it's aware that, you know, it's in a very competitive space. So, you know, it's not ignorant. 
uh, it, it knows that you know, there are other competitors out there that are providing similar types of services and sometimes are charging also a similar or lower rate. Mm. But I think there's also a difference between what WISE wants to achieve and its other what we would call competitors. So for a lot of these other people, like Revolut, for example, it's actually trying to be a super app, right? Yes. It's not just trying to do money transfers. It wants to be like a core kind of finance app yes. for consumers, yes, right? Yes. Where you can conduct your entire financial life within the app itself. But that's not WISE's focus. WISE is actually focused on making money, international money transfers better. That's its only focus. And it wants to build the best infrastructure for conducting international money transfers. I think that kind of focus is also interesting. Um, my, my hypothesis, my suspicion is that this uh, laser focus on wanting to build the best infrastructure will actually turn out to be a benefit for WISE in terms of making sure that the company will always have either the best or near the best types of uh, rates for customers when it comes to making uh, money transfers. So for example, like, you know, there's a company called DocuSign, uh, which does e-signatures. Mm. Right? And then you have other larger companies like say Adobe, yeah, which uh, also does uh, also has an e-signature uh, service, but DocuSign is actually growing faster than Adobe, mm. right? Even though it has a larger market share, mm. um, and the reason is because I think um, that DocuSign is very focused on its core e-signature product, on on making sure that business agreements and contracts can be all transferred online, whereas e-signatures is just a tiny portion of uh, Adobe. So in the same way, I think that you know with that kind of uh, focus on building infrastructure for money transfers, WISE would be at the forefront of the money transfer market as compared to the other players who may have their attention spread elsewhere. And, and you know, the, I think the beautiful thing about building the infrastructure is that eventually, maybe even Revolut, you know, could be using the infrastructure that WISE is building for their own <laughs> okay. service. I know what you right? Yeah, because they might end up realizing that, hey, you know what, like, you know, we, we, we can't compete with that. We are in a race with uh, banks, right? Yeah. We want to build... Uh, super app, we want to do all these kinds of other things. We don't have as much resources as WISE has to devote to building infrastructure for money transfer. And so maybe, you know, let's just use uh, WISE platform instead, which is the service that I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, where you can kind of integrate the entire infrastructure that WISE has built into your own service. Yeah, yeah so let's just use WISE's road, right? So I think I think yeah. that's the essentially where, where we're looking at. Very, yeah. very, very interesting. So what, what about the kind of other revenues that they are building on? Maybe you can kind of give us a little bit more color since the goal is to make mm. that core product free, you know, uh, yep. what are all these other things that they're doing to grow other revenue? Yep. So on the other revenue streams that uh, WISE has, earlier I mentioned that the company charges for domestic transfers. Mm. So from a Singapore bank to a Singapore bank account, WISE may take a small cut. You know, if you use the debit card that, that WISE provides, uh, it takes a cut of the transactions that are being made. There are other services that are provided within WISE account and WISE business that WISE charges uh, fees for. And the company is constantly building new types of services. So very recently, uh, WISE came out with a service that allows users of WISE account to make investments into the stock market. Uh, and what's interesting about that service is that, you know, you make the investments, right? But uh, you can actually spend money with your investment account uh, directly, right? So, uh, so instead okay. of having to liquidate your investments and then take that cash to, to make transactions, you can actually use the investment account to make transactions. I'm not sure how WISE is charging or even if WISE is charging for that, I'm not too sure. Uh, but that's just an example of like the different types of services that I think WISE can provide to, to users of a WISE account and a WISE business. Yeah. And eventually, you know, build out that other so-called uh, revenue stream. For, yeah. Yeah. For it. yeah. It's, it's something that I am watching closely. 
the journey towards eventually free will take a long, long time. And it's possible, I think, for WISE to grow its revenue, even if its overall take rate uh, becomes lower. And how, and how can it grow revenue? By increasing uh, volume. Right, so if the volume is able to attract increases much faster than the decline in the fees that it's charging, then the revenue that the company earns, even from providing its cross service, can also increase over time. Now, of course, it's a difficult thing to do, but I think the beautiful thing about this idea of lowering prices means that there's the possibility that a positive flywheel can, can form. So what do I mean by that? So the company has low fees, right? So it attracts users. Mm. The more volume it processes, the lower it's able to bring its fees. Yes. That attracts even more users, right? Which enables it to bring down fees even more. Yes. So it creates this really beautiful, I think, positive flywheel where more users uh, results in lower fees and lower fees results in more users. And, you know, it just keeps going. There is a strong possibility, in my view, that uh, such a dynamic could happen with the core money transfer service that uh, WISE is providing. Mm. Let me just give a little bit of color on that, right? So how <laughs> TFC started using WISE was because of that, right? Because one of our contractor <laughs> was like, hey, you know, we use WISE, you know, can you guys use WISE to transfer? I was like, oh, okay. We, we already know about this service, right? You know, like everybody knows about WISE kind of, out there but nobody really uses it until you have a need but when there are already people that are using it then there's the network effect it creates that flywheel right so then we ended up using it so after I as a business use it then I was like oh yeah maybe I should also open a personal account so that I can use it <laughs> so, so it just kind of like and then now I'm just telling everyone, oh, just use wise law, just use wise. All right. So it is growing and, and you can tell. And, and these are the things that are not reflected. Like because these are anecdotal experiences, right? So they're not reflected yep. in, in numbers. But you, you can really see that kind of uh, ease of just kind of just spreading it, right? In a very organic fashion. Very, very interesting. Yeah, very, very cool. So I definitely will want to look at this company a little bit closer. Yeah. But in closing, maybe you can kind of run us through uh, what do you think? You know, it's their future. What do you think is their modes? Some of the risk factors that, that we should have, you know, when, when looking at, at WISE as a company. Yep. So I think uh, in terms of like the mode or the competitive advantage, it would really be the mission that WISE has, you know, to lower fees. Because as I said, you know, that creates uh, the possibility of creating this positive flywheel that makes it more and more difficult for competitors to come in over time. So the longer it takes a competitor to enter the picture, the stronger the competitive dynamic for WISE becomes. Uh, because the fees will be so low, you know, it, away into the future that it's just so difficult to compete against WISE. So I think that's the key kind of competitive edge that WISE has, you know, that, that mission that it has to lower fees. And so I think that will be the key competitive advantage. But that particular key competitive advantage also comes, I think, directly from the mindset that Karman and Henrikus have. They, and they are the co-founders of WISE. Henrikus has already been scheduled to step down. He's no longer really involved with the day-to-day -day management of the company. But if Karman also decides to step down one day, then I think that's something to keep an eye on. I think that would be a big risk. Uh, so I, I call that like a key man risk. So I'll be watching the leadership transition, you know, if uh, Karman actually leaves the company uh, one day. You know, there's also the possibility that WISE cannot grow its other revenue sources uh, in a significant way, mm. right? So it may mean that, you know, as the company tries to meet its mission, the revenue, its revenue actually declines over time. That's another risk and so I'm watching. Uh, I'm also taking quite a bit of what I would call like a leap of faith, I think with WISE in terms of believing that, you know, the company will be able to come up with new sources of revenue mm -hmm. to uh, make up for any potential shortfalls in its goal to meet its mission of making uh, money transfers free. But that's something that I'm uh, keeping an eye on. It's not, there's no guarantee that the company will, will be able to do it. Yeah, so the business of WISE is also impacted by currency fluctuations. So, you know, 
in the future, if there are very wild uh, movements in currencies, then that could affect the business of WISE as well, because uh, ultimately, uh, WISE depends on the willingness of businesses and individuals to move money to other countries, right? But if let's say exchange rates are really bad for, for some period of time, then people might not want to move uh, money internationally for a while. And so that can affect the business of WISE. And you know, we talked about competition. Um, my view is that you know, it's smart for WISE to take the view of wanting to build uh, the best infrastructure. But there's also no guarantee that you know, even with the focus on building the best infrastructure, that WISE can always have like the best uh, money transfer product. There might be other companies out there that can build a better product than what WISE has. Yeah, and I think there's a existential risk for uh, WISE as well in the form of a uh, cryptocurrency. So and that was my next question. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, and my focus in terms of cryptocurrencies would actually be central bank digital currencies or CBDCs, mm. right? So CBDCs actually utilize the same underlying technology yes. would be blockchain as like you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and so on. Yes. These are all... Um, cryptocurrencies that use blockchain it will happen it will definitely happen right yeah china so, already announced it yeah yeah they are already they are already, uh, they are already, already testing kind of, it already. Um, already testing it out yes, yeah yes. And, and there are other countries that have uh, expressed interest i think sweden and singapore are two countries that have expressed interest in testing out uh, cbdc's so with the cbdc how it works is that every individual citizen will hold a digital wallet that contains the code password or whatever uh, private key that controls the cbdc's that they own and if this really takes off, right, then, you know, if I, were, if I want to transfer money to somebody else, I will just need the details of this person's uh, CBDC wallet, mm-hmm. right? And I can transfer currencies, yes. um, whatever I have to this person. And if that happens, then the transfers could be free, could be instantaneous. So I think that is the biggest risk yeah. uh, to WISE. Yeah. yeah, the digital yuan has already announced that they want to keep it super, 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 super low, like like lower than anyone else, the fees, right? And yep. the Chinese government has already, uh, they believe that it is like building roads, right? So the kind of yep. ease of transaction, the you know, it, it's helping. It's the sunk capital for more growth in other aspects, right? So yep. yeah, that, that was one of the things I was about to ask you, right? So I think yep. that is a very clear risk factor. You know, it, it is big, it is big. Um, it is, to me, an, an existential risk for WISE, uh, but I can't really know how this whole payments landscape will pan out as well. Mm-hmm. And, and as of now, I think WISE is in a very good position uh, based on the current environment. Yes. Yeah, and as the environment changes, then I guess I would uh, reassess the situation. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it's an existential risk for everybody in the payment space, not just WISE. Right? Because for all of you that don't understand, right? once central bank digital currencies, they, they go out, then you know there's no need for all the intermediaries. Even the guys they are trying to like cut out the clearing houses, right? They they can get cut out too, right? So, so essentially that's kind of where it is. Nice. Um, thanks for joining us today. Is there any other last things you want to add for this particular company, Wise? So I think the last thing I would like to say is that you know uh, again it's a, it's related to the company's mission to make uh, its money transfers eventually. It's actually I think a modern example of this investing concept that I that is called economies of scale shared. Mm. So this is a concept that was that I first came across uh, described by this investor called Nicholas Sleep. He has been retired for a few years, uh, and he describes this concept uh, with the idea that you know companies that often reinvest into the business by lowering prices for consumers actually can build a very powerful uh, economic advantage over time. Um, and uh, Nicholas Slip had built a really good track record uh, you know, by investing in companies that showcase these economies of scale shed. Mm. Uh, and when I look at WISE, I think it, it's also a company that is operating in, in the same vein. 
Interesting. Same as the company Illumnia that we talked about last. Oh yeah, that's right. right. So yeah, yeah, I I see your train of thoughts, right? Maybe that can be the next few companies that we're going to talk about. So yes, uh, thanks for joining us again. For all of you tuning in, you know, this is Searching in the House. And if you want to read all the research that he wrote, just go to compounderfund.com. And take care. See you. Bye. Bye everyone. Thanks for having me. Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but I'm always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.